Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And good morning, Marshfield and the rest of the South Shore of Boston. My name's Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. All righty. First of all, we have a plan today. We always have a plan, but let me introduce my co-host and partner in life and wife, Pamela. Good morning. Good morning, Michael. Thank you. And for everybody. Jo- Thank you for helping me this morning. You're I welcome. appreciate that. Okay, so folks, uh, the, the official title of this show is Asset Allocation, and if you don't know what that means, that would be like a really good reason to stick around for the next couple of hours and uh, see what we're going to talk about. So basically, now I got a little problem this morning I didn't tell you about, dear. Okay. So uh, darling daughter, Alyssa, has has, uh, kind of ordered that we should break all radio shows up into four half-hour pieces yes, that are kind of like, like with distinct, you know, subject matter. Absolutely. Sort of so, and, and the reason is, folks, we post uh, the radio shows on our website, and if there's some piece of a show you want to catch, well, maybe you catch the, the half-hour of it as opposed to the two hours, unless you had that kind of time sort of a thing. So, so all that's well and good, but... <clears throat> All How are you going to break this one up? Into threes. Okay. Okay. And I, but I'm not sure exactly how that's going to go here. So, so this is the first half hour. We'll call this uh, podcast 
number one for the asset allocation show and the the first of my three sections which doesn't divide into four very well is called okay. the big picture so we wanted to spend some time you know kind of introducing the subject and kind of hopping around to the, the, all, all that other good stuff so okay. so we'll see how how long this goes we'll try to pace this I don't think any of the threes I can spend a, a whole hour on but you know we'll kind of figure it out this is small town radio you know it's not exactly uh, whatever so anyway um, so the the official title is the asset allocation show this is part one or podcast one and it's basically the big picture and we're just going to kind of introduce the subject and see where it goes from there so okay. the way this works is my darling bride will be peppering me with questions and I will occasionally correcting or commenting on maybe some things I may say uh, and uh, and I'll attempt to answer those questions and, a- again, make it in English so most folks can understand. So okay. we'll kind of see where that goes, okay? Okay, that sounds good. So asset allocation, Ooh, how about explaining what that is? What does it mean? All right, well, <clears throat> officially, so I, I went on the Internet and went to uh, Investopedia, which is a you know, kind of a website geared towards investments. And uh, I, they have this definition that I thought I'd start with. Asset allocation is the rigorous implementation of an investment strategy that attempts to balance risk versus reward by adjusting the percentage of each asset in an investment portfolio according to the investor's risk tolerance, goals, and investment time frame. Okay, so we're probably done with the show. That's all people have to know, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe no, not. Maybe not. No, right, because so. you know what? I think that's something you've been doing forever with your clients, yeah, right? Yeah, well, that's right. So but let me let me give you the mic. So back. now it has name. I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest uh, definition as far as yes, I'm concerned. Yes, your definition. It's, uh, you know, what stuff do you have and where do you put it? Okay, uh, and in, in this case, we'll obviously be talking about investments. But, you know, you've got flower gardens, and certain flowers go in certain places for certain reasons, right? Uh, you know, facing the sun or out of the shade or whatever the heck's going on. Sure. Same, same thing with money. So, so first of all, folks, see, here's the problem in the investment world. There's, well, we could argue about this, but there's five or six major categories of investments, okay, which we'll get into. Uh, And then there's a gazillion minor categories and variables within those. So there's a whole bunch of places that people could put money, okay? Uh, And that, and so this, this whole show is about, well, how many places, where, why, and how sort of a thing. Okay, and that's kind of where we're going. So asset allocation is putting the stuff that you own in appropriate places to hopefully get the most out of them, okay? Um, You know, another way to describe it is, well, let's see, you never put all your eggs in one basket. Well, you probably don't want to put all your investments in one basket, folks, and you probably don't want to have one basket when it comes to your investments, stocks or bonds or real estate, or there's a whole bunch of other things. So, so you know, the, the, the trick is that, you, you know, there are many, many different investments and flavors or kinds of investments to choose from. And the trick is to kind of get 
some basic coverage for your portfolio, your mixture of your assets, if you will, uh, that kind of make sense for you and your circumstances, which is actually could take a lot longer than two hours to get into, but we're going to try to give it our best shot here. So, so the, the, you know, the, the best way to say it is you don't want to own one or two investments because that's not enough diversification. That's okay. not enough coverage. Uh, it, it's, it makes for some pretty exciting days if you just had like one of the five or six basic categories yeah. of You want to spread the risk around. Yeah, yeah. Sp- spread the risk around. Okay, so, so you know, it's, it's probably I'll come back to you. Don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You want to have lots of investment baskets to kind of spread it out and, and lower the excitement. Excitement's not a like a good thing in the investment world. It might be a good thing in football games or a few other things, but excitement is not something people, you know, get all uh, excited about in, in the investment world. We want to try to kind of control that. Okay, so, so well, why do we have asset allocation? Well, people uh, are, are wary or scared about investing. You know, people don't, most folks don't pay much attention to investing or don't have much of a knowledge about it. So, so it's a, probably a good idea to have a, a strategy. Okay. Uh, by the way, I'll also use the word mixture in this discussion. You know, what's your mixture of stocks and bonds and cash and real estate or all of the good stuff. Okay. Uh, but the, you know, the, the reason you do that uh, is because the vast majority of folks, you know, n- need some broad investment coverage, but d- you know, don't know how to go about doing that sort of a thing. Uh, I've been in this business for a long time, and you know, asset allocation on the institutional side or with uh, professionals and banks. That's been around for a whole long time, but this whole concept of I should have a diversified portfolio of investment stuff. Um, Honestly, it only made it to the retail public and the press about 15, maybe 20 years ago. Uh, and it's a good thing. It's, it's long overdue. Okay, so, so don't put all your eggs in one basket. Okay, um, this is a strategy that's appropriate for the vast majority of folks out there. Because once you kind of get it set it up, it kind of goes on cruise control, and you, you know you don't want to pay too much attention to it. Okay, uh, and then the the other reason that you do a mixture of investments is if you just had one investment, I'm going to invest in the U.S. stock market, or I'm going to buy one stock. Okay, well, you know there are you don't know the future of any of the investments, okay? And if you just had, you know, one investment, it would be up and down, up and down, and pretty scary over a whole long period of time. Well, I'm gonna, I know that U.S. stocks are gonna be great, I'm gonna put my money there. Or I know international stocks are gonna be great. Or I think I'm gonna buy some treasury bonds this month because, well, folks, you know, the short-term investment performance, regardless of whatever asset category we're talking about, it's real. It's unpredictable. You just never know what investments are going to do. So if you if you finally come to the conclusion that you don't know the future, certainly the short term future of uh, of an investment category, maybe at a ought to have a whole bunch of categories just to kind of lessen that risk or that excitement. So 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 that that's kind of the background about it. That's like the good news. Now the good news is okay. you got a diversified. I'll use the word portfolio, but a mixture 
of different kinds of stock stuff and bond stuff and maybe some cash and some real estate in some sort of predetermined proportions. We're going to kind of get to that, okay? Uh, and the reason you do that is most people, well, geez, the stock market went down 20% in the last quarter of 2018 it was a pretty exciting, uh, you know, day a quarter for those folks. Well, okay, uh, you know, if U.S. stocks were 100 percent of your portfolio, you probably had a, a few emotional uh, lows during the last quarter of 2018. If stocks were 20 percent of all your money, maybe you're a little less excited. So it's just, you know, just call spread out the money, folks. So that's all good news kind of stuff. Bad news, okay, okay. Um, so there are some disadvantages to spreading your money out, okay, in many places. Sure, the advantage is you lower the risk, but, uh, well, you also lower the return, okay? And, and that's, <clears throat> that's kind of hard. So, so think about it, okay? Um, so for folks um, who pay a little attention to their money, by the way, you should understand what's going on with your investments, but if you either think you understand too much or start paying too much attention, you can kind of get yourself in trouble, okay? Uh, and and it, think about it this way. I, I've got five different basic flavors in my portfolio. Let's say I've got 20% of my money in each of five different investments. Well, you know, m- maybe over the next six months, okay, we have this whatever happens, and then you look back and say, geez, well, you know, one of my investments is, kind of going bonkers, okay, um, you know, I think, I think I'd like to add some more money to it. Well, that's because you have one piece that's going well. N- not a good idea, folks, because you didn't know it was going to go up, and you certainly don't know when it's going to go down. Okay, the, the other side of that uh, is, let's see, I look backwards, and over the last year, well, this piece of my portfolio is sucking wind. It's down 10%. I want to sell this one, okay, and go buy some more of the thing that's going great, great gains. Well, that, that's going to be a problem. We'll get to that later on, folks, but that's a huge problem. Okay, you have to start with the premise that you don't know the future of any individual piece of your investment pie, okay, and if you and that you can take advantage of the pieces that you own. But if you start messing with the strategy, you can get yourself into, into big trouble. I, mean, I want to buy more of the piece that went up. Well, that just means you got a larger position when it goes down. Or I want to sell my piece that went down 20%. Yeah, it's probably going to go up 50% in the next year sort of a thing. So, so it's... Yeah. it's how, so how long, how do people know how long to hang onto something yeah, that's just going that, that, down. That, that's, that's a great question. Okay, okay. Uh, we're going to get to a, a, a phrase, a word called rebalancing uh, in, in, a, in a little while here. But the bottom line is that if you have this plan where 20% of your money is in five places, and if that's a really good, well-thought-out plan, well, if you, know, if you look at your portfolio and you've got three 20s and then a 35 and a five, that all adds up to 100%. Well, that's not your plan anymore. 
Right. If, if you changed your plan, you, the, the plan changed. The plan you didn't, changed. That's you right. Didn't change the plan it. changed. You didn't plan change. Okay. So if if your investment plan is, I'm comfortable mixing the returns of these five basic investments in my portfolio, and I'm comfortable that they stay all twenty percent. <clears throat> if you have three twenties, a thirty-five, and a five, that ain't your plan anymore, folks. Okay, and what happens is you need to put it back to where it was. So that piece that's 35%, oh, it's going bonkers, great. Well, you want to take 15% out of that piece and you want to add it back to the five and presto, you have the 520s all over again. So if you have this plan with certain percentages, The only thing you have to do over the long run is kind of keep it together in terms of what it looks like. So that putting it back to its initial proportions is called rebalancing. And, you know, we'll get into that in more detail. Do I do that once a year? Do I do that? As as long as you do it, you kind of end up sticking with your plan. I mean, think about it. If your plan was a 50-50 mixture of stocks and bonds, if you never did anything to it, Sooner or later, it's going to be 60% stocks and 40% bonds because stocks are more. Well, if you, never, if you never readjusted back to your initial plan, you're going to have an, an awful lot more stocks than you were comfortable with to begin with. And you might have a whole lot of excitement come down the next time it hits the fan in the financial markets. Okay, so, so the, you know, the, the, the bad news about having a diversified portfolio is that if you pay too much attention to it, okay, you might do the wrong thing by adding some more stuff to something that went up. It's waiting for you to go down after you do that. Or selling something that weight went way down because you get nervous, it'll go right back up and soar after you do that. So to get away from that guessing about what's going to work, you know, if, if you rebalance, you're always taking advantage of whatever individual pieces of your portfolio gave you, and that's a good thing. Okay, so, so you know, the bad news is, okay, uh, you know, you don't want to mess with it, and people have a tendency to do that. Okay, the other piece of the bad news is, let's see, I have a portfolio. Let's go back with the 520s. Uh, 20% of my money's in the U.S. stock market. Well, let's see, the U.S. stock market's down 40%. Uh, you know, I I guess you're happy because only 20% of your portfolio is down 40%. But if the U.S. stock market's soaring, you might look at your portfolio and say, well, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not making as much money as the U.S. stock market. Well, well, you're not supposed to. You know, 20% of your portfolio was in the U.S. stock market. So, so you kind of have to be careful about what yeah. you compare your performance uh, to. And I could see that at times that would be a hard sell. It, it is. It is. Okay. Right. Um, I, I can like, think oh, of... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Sure that's yeah, can can I have some more of this or can I get rid of those emerging yeah. markets you're doing? That, that if you have a plan, okay, it, you know, and you stick with it, you'll probably be okay, folks. But if you start messing with it, either because you think you know something's going to happen, always dangerous in the investment world, or... Okay, uh, if you start messing with it because you got emotional, either a little too greedy or a little too fearful, that'll mess it up sort of a thing. So, so the bad news is 
You don't want to pay too much attention to it because then you might start thinking about tinkering with it, and that's n- not a good idea. So, so it, it's it's a plan of how you spread your money around. It's a plan that if you stick to over the long run, you're probably okay. Okay, and what you do for a mixture and how all that works, that's a, that's a, like a, a really, really, you know, uh, detailed kind of a discussion. So you, I think another thing to think about is you, with your clients, probably spend an awful lot of time coming up with that plan and what what's going to work for them based on their goals and their risks. Yeah, so, yeah. So if someone has done, if you've done all that work and then suddenly you get, you get hyper about the volatility, yeah. then you want to, and you want to tinker with it. Well, you've got to think back to how you came up with that plan yeah. and all the, yeah. all the thought that well, went it, into it. It was when your money wasn't on the table, it was rational. It yes. was well thought out. It made sense. And, oh, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, it, it's our guess you know, that because of this mixture, you'll never see your portfolio go down more than, say, 15% in a calendar year. Well, you know, nobody likes to be down 15%, no. but, but that's not 50 or 60. You can recover if you're down 10 or 15% in your portfolio, if you're down 50 or 60. So, so when you're having the, the discussions with folks about creating the plan, oh, yeah, that's okay. Well, yeah, but once you get your money invested and it goes down 4% and you look at your, your half a million dollar portfolio, you know, down $20,000, uh, all of a sudden that's, that, that, mm, there's the academic yeah. part and then there's the emotional <laughs> part. So, so the, the nice idea about having a plan, supposedly, is that it kind of keeps you out of those individual areas. You don't have to read too many newspapers if you've got a, in fact, you should never read any financial newspapers, but if you've got a pretty well diversified portfolio you're comfortable with that, that basically covers the world in terms of stocks and bonds and real estate and whatever, you know, you know you're probably gonna be okay. You're probably gonna get a, a decent average return. You'll never make the highest return of whatever piece of your portfolio has the greatest, and you'll never get the lowest one. You know, when, when we sit down and show people their investment returns, well, you know, by the way, uh, you know, we're hoping for this rate of return in your portfolio. <clears throat> And if you look down below the line, we show what's going on with U.S. stocks or internet. And the return that people have, there's four or five, you know, index returns on the bottom there. Well, there's always going to be two or three of those returns higher than what your return is because those are the good pieces. And there's always going to be some pieces that are lower. Those are the bad pieces. You know, it's, it's really, it's easy to say it. It's another thing to experience. But if you have a well-diversified portfolio, and let's go with the five 20% pieces, because that's kind of easy to talk about. If, if you have that, well, well, then by law of averages, there's going to be maybe one or maybe two of those pieces at any given time that are looking terrific. You know, there's going to be maybe one or two of those pieces that are actually looking miserable or losing money, and there might be one or two doing about what they're supposed to. So if you've got five pieces in your portfolio, folks, do you think they're all going up together? They're all going down together? That, that's the hard part to kind of wrap your, your arms around. Oh, well, I've got some money. This section of my portfolio is losing money. Yes. Well, if you truly believe that you don't know the future and can't predict the future, okay, of investment performance, 
maybe I ought to have a whole lot of baskets and average it out sort of a thing. So really, it really comes back to folks, uh, it's, it's a plan, okay, it, 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 and if you can find a plan that's appropriate and you're comfortable with, by the way, the the comfortable part, we'll have to come back and talk about that as well. N- nobody's comfortable no. having their money. I would just down. Have you, put you, it you, in to check that. Yeah, nobody's yeah. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. If you can find a plan you can deal with, maybe that's yes. a better way to say that. But see, you don't you don't know about that. No, you don't uh, until you go uh, uh, until the rubber hits the road. <laughs> in terms of how that's things why they have work. you. That's well, right. well, 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 well. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, you know, this is actually good because we can get into some more details. Yeah, but before yeah, before right. we end up here, yeah. Um, Event, there are times when your plan will change, but that does doesn't that um, come if your actual needs change, sure. not just uh, because sh- the market's yeah, bouncing Yeah, yeah, th- thank you, sure. Okay, just, uh, you stole my thunder. And oh, sorry, line. no, I just want no, to get I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, no, I appreciate that. No, uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm here for. <laughs> so, so there, um, there are some times that you should change your plan, well, let me say this better. There are some good reasons for changing your plan, and there are some bad reasons for changing your plan. The good reasons are your financial circumstances change. Okay, I just retired. Well, that's probably a different mixture than when you were 22 years old and just started in the workforce. So, so people's financial situations okay, in my mind, should determine what's necessary for an investment portfolio. They'll never be comfortable. There'll be just various degrees of, you know, uncomfortableness maybe from an investor's point of view. That's for sure. By the way, the bad reason to change your plan is, let's see, I have a 60% stock and a 40% bond portfolio. The stock market's tanking. I'm nervous about the future of stocks. I want to buy some more bonds. I think I want to change my mixture from 60% stocks to 40% stocks and then 60% bonds. I just flipped the two of them. Okay, well, you know, either, either you think that stocks are going to do terrible for a period of time or you don't like the volatility associated with that. That's oh, just what we need, a dog barking here in the background here, okay? Uh, but anyway, that that's not a good reason out of emotion or out of what you think the future is going to do, folks. You're going to get yourself in trouble for doing that sort of a thing, okay? So so we'll, we'll come into that in a little bit more detail. But actually, this is probably pretty good. I think, I think m- we've done maybe well we for should, Yeah, we should probably uh, t- take a break now. Folks, by the way, this is a call-in talk radio show. Our telephone number is 781 <clears throat> If you'd like to chime in or have a question, you can give us a call. And uh, we're going to take a break now and be back for round two. (laughs) 